Sometimes, life is yikes. And that's okay. You're not alone. Welcome, Welcome to, to Yikesland. Yikes Hi, friends, and welcome to Yikesland, episode 41. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big four one. I think I've been saying the big blah, blah ever since we hit double digits. So sorry. It friends. is the first and um, last episode forty-one. Yeah. <laughs> because we'll, a very we'll special episode forty, a musical episode forty-one. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I won't torture you with my singing. Um, we are so happy that you guys are here with us, living in Yikesland, chugging along. This episode has a lot of sound effects. That's right, just soundboard. We're mixing. Um. A soundboard of just our voices making sound effects. <laughs> like that time I got really into the basketball noise. That's right. Which it is not called that. Bum, bum, bum. Um, That's right. Yeah. The real Yikesland is having to listen to us do sound effects, which is its own form of torture. <sighs> oh, yeah. boy. After it stops, you will not be depressed. That's the cure, my friend, Oof. is you don't have to listen to us be... <laughs> Making bow, 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 bow noises anymore. <laughs> um, are you happy now? Is everything good? Your life is fixed? Wonderful. Good. Nailed it. Nailed um, it. No. Okay. <laughs> so we're all still here in Yikesland together, and we're happy that you guys are here with us so that we don't have to suffer alone. No. Um, I will stop doing jokes in a very serious manner. I'm happy that you guys are here. I'm your <laughs> so, host, Chris Bowman. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> You, said, you were more serious before you started saying it's serious, and then you started giggling as you said I'm in a very serious manner. Just a cheery, just a cheery, depressed guy. I'm sorry. What do you want from me? Well, I'm your host, Chris Fung, a cheery, depressed guy, along with my co-host. It's Sad Boy Jelani Hoon. Um, and this is Yikesland, our podcast about me making bad jokes and also depression and mental health. In a serious way. That's right. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us here for this podcast of us just kind of just going through it in our own humorous way, but talking about our lives. Hopefully, you guys can um, relate in some way to the things that we're going through at the same time. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about creating a dialogue. And hopefully, you guys are able to relate uh, in some way or some fashion so that way you can start creating your own dialogue as well about your mental health um, in some form. So we appreciate you guys here. We appreciate you guys joining us here every Tuesday, not just because to listen to the podcast, but because every, you know, every day that you're in the world with us, the world is a lot better. Um, so without you in the world, um, it'd be a lesser world. So we don't want that. So please. Keep going on, keeping with us here in the X Land, because we're all here together supporting each other. So, how are you doing, Chris? Oh, oh, snug it in there. That's right. Wow, this is exciting. You um, get to go first. I am doing pretty well. Um, I wasn't expecting to be asked this question first. Yeah, that's for sure. Surprises. But, uh, I recently got a dog. Oh my goodness! So everything's good, and I'm cured now. <laughs> um, no, but he has had a really positive effect on my mental health, which is awesome. Um, obviously, getting so I've I've had dogs before. I've had uh four dogs total. 
Um, this dog is, um, so I, I told you guys that I have been volunteering at the Humane Society mm-hmm. and I was a dog walker or I still am. Um, and I did not mean to fall in love with him, but I did. Oh. And that was a mistake. My bad. Sorry. Um, I originally was doing the volunteering because I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but I had been pet sitting for friends of mine and I, had such a good time being around their dog. I realized that I really missed the presence of dogs in my life. Um, And so I was like, oh, I'll be a dog walker so that I can be around dogs, but I won't have the responsibility of having one. And then I saw this dog and we locked eyes and we fell in love. And then I was like, I have to have him. Um, But actually there were a couple families that were ahead of us um, and then they all had dogs already and their dogs did not like this dog because he's like kind of a he's two um maybe he's at least one but maybe two um and he's just kind of a goofy guy but he doesn't really know how big he is Mm -hmm. so he um is like too playful and um i think the other dogs were like whoa buddy you need to chill out which is fair. <laughs> he does need to chill out. Um, so because of that, it kind of felt like fate that we got him because these other fa- – I was like, there's no way we'll get him. Like, I'll put my hat in the ring, but these other families are probably going to end up with him. And I was like, and that's okay. Like, I'll be sad, but, like, I'll be happy that he has a good life because obviously yeah. when you're working at the Humane Society, like, that's what you want is – while you wish you could adopt every single animal, you cannot, but you just hope that they find um, families that care about them. And so it was like, I'll be sad in a personal way because I, like, formed an attachment to this dog. But, like, at least I can know that, like, somebody has him who loves him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just kind of felt like fate that the other two families didn't work out. And so um, it's obviously a big adjustment going from – going from – I've had up to three dogs at a time. And going from one to two or two to three is, like, not that bad. But going from zero dogs to one dog is definitely a big adjustment um just have to buy a bunch of stuff and like baby proof the house um he is extremely smart way too smart potentially smarter than me and so we definitely like he's very curious about everything and he wants to know how everything works he also knows how to open doors already and stuff like that (laughs) he's like the uh, raptor from jurassic park where he just opens the doors yeah so like (laughs) there's a lot of like training and then also like we're probably gonna have to get those uh you know, those things that clip your cabinets in the kitchen shut oh, yeah. and stuff. Because I figure any day now he will learn how to open those. Oh, no. Um, so very smart, almost terrifyingly smart. No tree to safe. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's been a really big adjustment, um, but a really rewarding adjustment. Okay. And I'm glad that um, I've been feeling really uh, a lot more like myself than I have before a lot more like the house is my house, the family is my family. Um, I kind of didn't realize that not having a dog was such a big hole in my heart. And so having him around is great. Um, And it's just nice to have somebody that like, he's a little bit codependent with me right now, which I think is fair because Mm -hmm. I've been codependent with so many people in relationships that I'm like, yeah, it makes sense that I have to deal with this. Like, that seems fair. Now I'm getting it from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, 
like pets just love you so unconditionally no matter what yeah. that it kind of reminds you that like oh even though i think i'm a piece of shit all the time oh. somebody is like sitting there wagging their tail and reminding you that they love you no matter what and that means you're like worthy of love no matter what and like that's true whether or not you have a pet but the pet is a nice reminder of that mm. and a constant reminder of that with the amount of snuggles that he wants oh. so um so i've been pretty happy about that had some other like work struggles and stuff like that but the main thing that's going on in my life is just this entire restructuring of like how I think of myself, how much I feel like myself, and like how many times a day I have to drive home to let him out. <laughs> mm. Um. So, how are you? Well, uh, well. Before we move on to me, I want to say yay for dog. Uh, I'm really glad that you have this um, little uh, fluffer, fluffer boy yeah. uh, with you who can love you unconditionally and uh, remind you that you're not. Uh, the dark uh <laughs> thoughts that you think of yourself yeah. so i'm glad really happy for you um so thinking about uh talking about reconstructing one's life i'm deconstructing my life is what's Fun. happening for me yeah um it's been kind of a running thing for the last couple episodes here about a uh, big decision i made i'm moving guys i don't know if that's a big thing for you guys but yeah i'm in the middle of that uh so it's a transition between like from one spot to another um changing things up um i have to help some family and things like that so there's a lot of a lot of changes happening so um i've been just kind of like going through like throwing stuff out that i don't need anymore and going through and reminiscing through like my old stuff and are you uh, a person that has trouble throwing things away or do you love throwing things away um i don't normally have any issue with throwing anything away no uh, Marie no Kondo. Uh, <laughs> Marie Kondo. yes i find the things that, that sparkle in my life or something make my <laughs> life bright and uh i keep those um no i i, I don't have a lot of stuff but uh going through it like i was i was like oh this is that one thing oh this is that thing there i might keep this it's cool um so you know that's been kind of my past couple weeks of just like reorgan reorganizing things getting things in order and putting things in boxes you know it's kind of depressing you know putting your life in boxes i guess it's weird i don't know i don't know what it is but, uh, have you moved a lot over the course of your life? Uh, I want to say I have. Um, a lot of it was during when I was a child. Uh, we moved to a, different, a bunch of different places before we settled into like my childhood home, um, which is kind of like the family home uh, that I'm going to be head back to to help out family, um, get things ready there. Um, but yeah, uh, there was a lot of moving then. And then uh, after that, a little bit of moving around after like, I left the house and uh, went out and flew in, into my own as an adult um, and started hashtagging adulting, as what they would say, uh, as the kids say today. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a weird past couple weeks getting things together and putting things in boxes and, you know, tossing out a bunch of junk that I don't need anymore. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be good, you know? Yeah, sometimes it can feel kind of good to get rid of stuff that you don't need or that doesn't like serve a purpose anymore so hopefully i hope that you find joy in what you can or mm. watch a couple of marie kondo episodes if that makes you feel better um Smart i talk film. about marie kondo all the time and i've never read the book or seen her netflix special never yeah i like 
Like I'm constantly referencing Marie Kondo even now when it is not necessarily the most relevant thing that's happening. Interesting. But like I, I have not seen it. So um, perhaps we should watch it. And then when yeah. you watch it and you're like, oh my God, she's a monster. I'd be like, oh, I misinterpreted her entire thing. No. Um, I think I've even, I have a shirt with her on it and I think I may have worn it on this podcast. I'm oh, sure. maybe you have. Because it's think one of my black, I try to wear dark clothes so that my face doesn't look weird in the videos, I guess. Okay. And uh, that's one of my dark colored shirts. So mm. <laughs> in case you guys are wondering why I'm always wearing like the same three hoodies over <laughs> and over again, that's why. Um, contrast. Contrast. Condo. Condo contrast. <laughs> um, yeah. So. But yeah, that's, um, that's a big life thing that's happening. And I'm proud of you for taking it in as much stride as you are because obviously like things will happen in people's lives and people will have to move and it's hard but it's also um at least in my opinion a really important life skill to be able to move um mm -hmm. i was actually having this conversation recently with um somebody because they were talking about how they can't imagine um ever leaving the city that they're in mm -hmm. and I told him, well, I wish that you had – so I've had to move a lot. And even when I was living in New York because they, like, raise the rent every <laughs> every year with your lease. Instead, you can't really – you don't have the power to, like, negotiate the lease down. So you're mm -hmm. just like, okay, I'm just going to move and I'm going to find another apartment that's in my price range. Mm -hmm. um, and so even when I was living in New York, I would move up to – I think the maximum was three times a year. There was one time I moved three times a year, mm. um, which is a lot. And so my whole adult life, I've moved a lot. And then even when I was a child, we lived a couple different places. Um, so I'm really used to moving. And if you told me tomorrow you have to move to Germany and learn German and you're not going to know anybody, good luck. I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Um, mm. And so I think it's a really important skill to be able to do that because you have to kind of take just yourself and I mean, you're obviously bringing some stuff with you, but in a way, the only you kind of learn over time like that you're the only constant and so that you're very you and your brain and the space that exists inside your brain is very valuable. And so um, I think it's cool that you are doing such a, a big boy job moving because <laughs> big boy job. It's, because it's not something that everybody can do. A lot of people have so much trouble moving even within a city like just to a new space um because because it is hard like for sure it took me a long time to learn that um but i think it's a really valuable skill to be able to like hold on to your sense of self and who you are and take that with you to a new location because our our location affects so much of our the way we think even though we don't realize you know mm, no. um and so i being able to like kind of keep it together even though it's like whoa life twist um is pretty cool mm. so i think good on you yeah, yeah, and yeah. we are all rooting for you in order yeah. to tetris together <laughs> all of the things in boxes and if you need any boxes hit me up oh yeah i used to be I, really good at dumpster diving for boxes i'm I not these aren't these aren't dumpster boxes. boxes they're just boxes from my basement to be clear but 
when I lived in New York, we used to just dumpster dive for boxes and it was easy. Yes. Any boxes you have, please yeah. let me know. <laughs> and you guys mail us box. No, I'm just mail kidding. us all the boxes. Mail us boxes. Listen, no, the, don't ignore her. <laughs> mail us all your boxes. I'm going to make a box for it that I can live in now. That's what I want. Right. <laughs> box house. Box house. I'm um, going to, I'm going to yeah. start that trend, right? The well, trend of no, like, okay. So send compete us. Compete with small houses. Box That's house. a good idea. Send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. Then we'll send you back stamps for the boxes. Then you send us boxes. Then Jelani is going to live in those boxes. But you can come and stay for free. Yes. And if we get enough boxes uh, from Yikesland, we'll make a box city. Um, somewhat <laughs> like a box fort. Yeah. And uh, we'll create our own like little little uh, annexed uh, society away from you know everything. <laughs> called Yikesland. Called and Yikesland. Finally, Yikesland has come <laughs> to a Full physical <laughs> manifestation made of cardboard, so it will melt when it rains. Yes, yes. No, but yeah. So that's that's pretty much just been like kind of the things I've been dealing with recently. So that's been good. You yeah, know, that's been all right. Um, before we get into the main topic, um, I like to talk about like things that uh, you know you might be consuming in media or things like that that might be helping you. Or um, one of the things uh, I think we talked about in the last episode it was like opportunity making opportunities to have fun. Oh. Have you made opportunities to have fun? Have I, you done things? My opportunities for fun right now are honestly mostly dog related. Yay. So um, just going outside more because he's he's so energetic um mm -hmm. but my favorite thing to do is just go in the backyard with him because i never appreciated living in the suburbs until now mm -hmm. um i thought the suburbs were kind of nonsense and that a house is too much space for two people but when you have a dog who really needs to run around, uh, that's really taught me to look at the idea of the suburbs and home ownership with new eyes mm. because he likes it. So um, I think that was also a thing that um, it is an opportunity for fun, but it was also like a growing moment for me where I was this thing that I was so sure about, like I was so sure that the suburbs were hot nonsense and I was so sure that the suburbs weren't for me. And then when I see it through the eyes of my dog, because I'm always looking at things through the eyes of my dog, mm -hmm. um, really appreciating having that space where when we lived in New York, um, one of the apartments we had was super close to a big dog park and that was really nice. So we didn't have to walk that far, but it's way different just to be able to like literally go in your backyard and mm. have that much space. So um, that was kind of a like a growth moment for me where I was like, oh man, you were so positive that you were right about this thing for like a whole decade and you might not be so right or that might not be the full story and i love situations where like life is like no you were so sure and now you might be wrong that's mm. i love those i treasure those so um that's <laughs> my opportunities for fun are mostly dog related but i've also been learning and growing oh, nice how about you have you made any opportunities for fun Opportunities for fun uh, for me. Uh, 
no, <laughs> N- Natasha. No, uh, I've I've done a, a few things uh, here and there. Uh, most of them were with friends um, and uh, a person that I'm possibly seeing uh, out there for folks. Um, but yeah, uh, made some time for fun outside of like the whole deconstruction of my life uh, with boxes and packing and stuff like that. So it's been pretty positive. That's been pretty good. Um, yeah, so that's been that's been nice. It's been good. Um, that's all been going in a good direction. Um, consu- consumed a lot of media because while you're packing and throwing away stuff, you can just have something on in the background. Do you have one thing that's your go-to like background show or uh, background thing right now? Uh, that's my go-to show for that. It probably would have to be at this moment um like some old simpsons cartoons okay. because i just got the disney plus stuff and oh. so i've been playing around with that and so i just had like that stuff in the background um but one of the things that i fell in love with um and could not stop watching was uh the good place i watched the good Yay! place thursday's uh, on nbc yes. for like one more week i think <laughs> i am so depressed that i did not get hop out boarded to this show since the beginning and i'm so sad that it's ending now i've binged all the show all the episodes that are on netflix and there's only like a season left that i have not watched yet the current, um, so the, the current, current, the current yeah, season yes you can watch some of it on the nbc you can watch website, some of it but it's like such a yeah. nbc uh i'm just like ugh. I don't know if I'm ready to see this end because I love these characters so much. I like everything that they did, and um, I just like everything. I just like it. It was it was really good uh, for my mental health at the moment. So That's I awesome. highly recommend that show I'm for everybody. I'm really glad that you are in in on this. I don't know how to in, in the in fandom. On yes, on this train, whatever. Yes, um, everybody in that show is yeah. great. I mean, so. I just rewatch when I feel like, oh no, the show is ending. I just rewatch the other seasons mm-hmm. so that I can like still feel like I'm in the world yeah. with them. Um, so you can always do that. Like you can always like, get caught up I and could. then like do that. But I will admit that I never finished reading the Harry Potter books because like I like just stopped shy in the last book because I didn't want the world to end. So I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I do you know what happens. Well, yeah, and I I watched the movie, and people spoiled it for me. Okay. But, like, at the time when I was reading it and I was younger, I was like, oh, this world means so much to me, and I don't want the world to end, so I'm not going to find out what happens. Yeah. Um, And then, obviously, just spoilers happened. Um, Okay. But, uh, yeah, that would be funny if I was, like, met, like, 20 years in, and I was like, no spoilers, guys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I'm i really glad that you're into The Good Place. Definitely, we now we both recommend it to you guys. So, you have to listen to us. Yeah. Because we have microphones. Yes, you have to listen to us. That's a very good show <laughs> to watch. Um, if you're feeling in a down mood, everything's going to be all right. Yeah. You know? Well, it's a lot about, like, trying. You know, trying is really a central thing. Trying theme. to be a better person. Trying even when you feel like things are hopeless or you're in literal hell so yeah so that's pretty lots of pretty good message lots of good stuff yeah lots of good stuff in that show so side note our next podcast will be called we have microphones you have to listen to us exactly that's what it'll be called and uh we'll have people come on and we'll have them make points and we'll have to like really set them straight it's like no we have microphones microphones. no you have to listen you have to listen to us 
Trust me, I'm a doctor. Trust us. We're microphone people. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, that's all pretty much uh been consuming and liking and opportunities for fun. So that's been great. Um show me one topic of the week? Yeah. Would you like to intro? Um so this week we were talking about a um sort of phenomenon that we've noticed um in ourselves and in people in our circle that um also suffer from depression and anxiety and other mental health issues um and so we kind of want to talk about our the our perception of the future um Mm -hmm. and how that is affected by um especially being depressed but any sort of mental health issues that often make you feel hopeless or make it difficult to conceive of the future um so i think one of the like really classic when you like even when you go to your primary doctor and they do that depression screening thing Mm -hmm. um and they ask you like the couple of questions that are like how often do you feel down depressed or hopeless and one of the questions that they always ask you is like do you feel like hopeless for the future Mm -hmm. and i think so that's a really classic depression symptom for sure um but we kind of wanted to talk about the way um in which that actually plays out and the nuance that there is there about um how difficult it can be to conceive of the future when you have depression or other struggles that make you feel hopeless um and how it almost makes you um have trouble believing that there is a future or that there could be a good future Mm -hmm. um but then some of the contradictory ways that Obviously, if you keep trying something and you believes that there's a good future. Um, and I think that's something that um, has come up a lot in uh, the way that we talk, um, but we've never really addressed straight on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thoughts of the future. Uh, for me, uh, the way it plays out in my mind is... Um, I've talked about in the past about me having almost this really deep down desire to completely self-destruct myself and my life. So a lot of my thoughts of the future are there is no future. Um, And it's not that I don't think about like in in the mindset of just like, oh, there's no no tomorrow. What what am I going to worry about that? It's more of just like I'm so preoccupied with everything that goes on today i don't really think about like more or less like the consequences of it tomorrow i guess um which some people could say is it's kind of a a way to it's it's almost like a way you're supposed to be thinking of life where it's like you should be enjoying your life along the way instead of always preoccupied with the future yeah but i think there's a difference between stop and smell the roses and i'm almost in unable to invest in my future because i'm like so bogged down by or trapped by my present experience which i think is fair yeah so like you know everything like i look around uh and i'm just like oh life's just you know and i don't really end up thinking about like oh is there a brighter future is there something else i could be doing or is there anything like that it's kind of just more of just like finding the will to continue on with the day as like as the way that i think about it you know um you ever have that moment in your day where like you wake up and you're like it's time to go to work (sighs) 
fuck it just fired me right and just like roll over <laughs> you know what i mean just you know you ever have that moment where it's just like i mean currently whatever. no because i am the firer just but <laughs> just let me go and um, just let me drift off in the space yeah. you know just like ugh, you know never mind you know yeah. it's time to start the day nah and you just roll back over you have that moment you you, you know that moment right you, yeah. you, you've well, experienced and those I moments think that's something that in a way depression does to you is makes everything kind of almost like puts blinders on you mm. um where the blinders are not like to the side they're like just in the front where you can kind of you can like see that other people have full lives going on but you almost like can't conceive of mm. yourself ever having a full life um and there's lots of times too that i like don't um want like i wake up and i don't want to go on and i'm like wow the concept of going on and doing my daily activities like just the bare minimum responsibility is like too much and when you're so when you're using all of your willpower to just get out of bed or just take a shower or just go to work it's really hard to be like and let me make a five-year plan today <laughs> yeah so yeah, I I think part of it really is that it takes it takes so much out of you that it's not like you have stuff left to put into planning for the future. Um I think I don't know if this is a joke I've made on this podcast, but in my in real life IRL guys, mm -hmm. um I make the joke a lot that when people are like blah 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 is going to happen in 5 years, I always joke, "Well, I'll be dead by then." And it like it's partially a joke because it's partially meant to just be like a dramatic thing that you say as if you might die any day. But then it partially is a real and dark thing that stems from me having a lot of trouble conceiving of having a future or living in and being happy or making a life. And then um, from a very like a, a time when it was very real that even if I wasn't actively trying to die, I was like passively wanting to die. And to be honest, that's not something that is completely gone from me. Like there are plenty of moments that I'm like, I like I'd rather not like a Bartleby like <laughs> like I, I prefer not to um, thing where even if I'm not actively doing anything, um, I'm feeling like, oh, I like a part of me wishes I were dead or that I cease to exist. Mm -hmm. And at this point, it's something that I think a lot less than at previous times in my life, but it's still something that I do think and that I do have the sort of almost automatic instinct to think sometimes when things are hard. Um, and I don't think that anybody should feel bad about having those thoughts. Like you shouldn't feel guilty like they're quote unquote wrong. Um, because I think it's something that happens to you or that you're conditioned to start thinking when you're um, when you're having a hard time. Um, and I would like to think them less, but it, it's just it's something that I think a lot. Um, and I try to um, at this point in my life, I'm pretty good at thinking I wish I were dead and then just casting the thought aside and being like, but no, we're going to keep going. Um, and that's kind of that's where I am as far as like my own personal like depression journey. Mm -hmm. um, but those kind of thoughts really illuminate that it is very hard for me to 
believe that I have a future and therefore to be able to plan for the future. Because if in a way a part of you really doesn't have any idea what it would be like to be alive five years from now, then like how could you possibly plan for that? Or how could you possibly have make goals and try to make them happen if a part of you is like, yeah, but you're probably not going to exist. It's mm. interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I guess because we're both at that point where we've been conditioned to constantly think about like, oh man, wish I would just blink out of existence, but no, I want to keep going, you know, kind of thing where it's like yeah. you're, you're, you're constantly conditioned to do that. And then and for us we're in that mindset of just like yeah there is no future or by the time someone brings up like oh in five years this is gonna happen or you know down the line you're gonna be able to do this and it was like i'll probably won't be around by then you know because we condition ourselves to think that right and, and i want to believe that there's a way we can try to condition ourselves out of it as well you know like if conditioning can get us into it conditioning can get us out of it right but the idea of like what path to take with that what does that mean you know what is it what foreign path do i have to take that i haven't taken before you know yeah um to get us to a point where we don't constantly condition where we condition ourselves out of constantly thinking of the darkest dark of all the time you know uh and i want to believe that we can get there you know um but at the same time my mind isn't set on the future my mind isn't there my mind isn't planning for those things at the moment it's just waking up it's that i basically am constantly in that moment of waking up and i'm like i'm either gonna start the day or i'm gonna roll back over which one is it gonna be which one is it gonna be oh fuck it you know i'm just a roll back over and i want to be able to condition myself out of that but at the same time like i'm currently in the mode of there is and any thought of like what long-term effects this stuff has or anything like that because i'm not thinking of that i'm yeah. thinking of just like the moment right now can i get through this day can i do this at this moment you know um it's it's rough but at the same time like i know that we're strong enough to do these things i know that we're strong enough to condition ourselves out of it if we could find the way ourselves and our own unique paths to get to a point where sorry where we can actually find ourselves and condition ourselves to a point where we can have like a reasonable livable like sustainable like mental health you know um we're strong enough to get there i know we are i know that like for us like i mean you got through the great depression you know you you were you've you've looking at the past you know you've yeah constantly much, rebooted you know yeah, if, if, you've done, if you've much gone change through. has happened this much change should be possible. Exactly. But it's hard to think of that other half of exactly. it. Exactly. You know, at the same time, like with me, it's like I've done so much already in the past and the things that I've gone through and the things that I've had to reboot myself or things that I've self-destructed myself in and survived up until this moment, I should be able to, you know, conjure up yeah. that, uh, that will to push myself to the point where I can start thinking about the future, you know, and start planning for the future. But um slow going you know but yeah. you know that's why it's important to have like these talks and the dialogue with people and find your support system out there because i think people can help each other i think that like we can help each other see 
futures for each other i think you know i think it's easier for like for me i think it's easier for me to think of a future for you yeah, than it is for me to, to think, think of a future yeah. for me you know well, what I mean? because you kind of believe that even though you know you're not alone and like we talk about this all the time and intellectually we're like yeah i'm definitely not alone even the things that i thought were so particularly unique to just my experience like over time i've had those proven wrong again and again where mm-hmm. i meet somebody and then i meet somebody else and then i meet somebody else and they had a similar experience but there's still something about living in yikes land that makes you feel like you're alone and so you feel like you're the only one that doesn't have a future even though you believe that anybody else could get out of it yeah. and i think in us as a society trying to starting to talk more about what depression looks like for example um it's a little bit easier to talk about the moments when you were truly suicidal or you had a plan or you really actively wanted to die and the part where it's more gray is to talk about those moments when like i was saying uh, the way i phrased it earlier was when you passively want to die like you sort of just don't want to keep going but it's not like an immediate danger because i think you know if i'm if i'm sitting here right now and i'm telling you i actively want to die i have a plan then it's easy because you're like here's a suicide hotline like you need to go be with a medical professional immediately. But if I'm just telling you like, I really can't do the day right now, I passively wish I were dead, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Then it's like, that is a point where it's re- it's really difficult to be at that point um, because it's not quite clear what how to like nudge somebody back into a thing where they can imagine the future. Um, and... I am hoping to see more dialogue about that middle period for people where what do you do and how do you like you got out of the emergency like you got out of the crisis part of your depression but how do you start rebuilding and how do you remember that everybody is allowed to have a future not just everybody except for you Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there is something sort of almost illogical and like contradictory um that sometimes we do where like for example right now i work super hard at my job even though i say that i think i won't be alive for five years from now and that doesn't make any sense because like logically why would i be trying so hard if i think that i'll die that soon you know shouldn't i just like go live in paris or something that's not what i would pick but like shouldn't i just like go rogue and do whatever the hell i want if i think that there's no such thing as a future so there's obviously like a part of me that's like no you might have a future, but it's sort of a tiny whisper and it's not the main voice. And um, this is something that I have been discussing with my therapist recently um, and that he's kind of been encouraging me to think about, okay, but you need to think about um, a life that would actually be good for you. Like you've been in this maintenance mode for a long time where you're rebuilding the skills that you lost during the Great Depression um, and you're able to cope with day-to-day stuff, but you're not necessarily making moves to make your life look the way you want. I mean, and nobody gets to make their life look exactly the way they want it to. Like, I can't be like, I'm going to be 
Kim Kardashian, also not what I would pick. But like, I don't get to be like, yeah, I wish I was a trillionaire. That's what I'm going to do. But you can do things like, for me, it was get a dog to shape your life to kind of be closer to a life that you would want in the future and that makes that helps you be able to imagine stuff um and i'm really grateful for rocky who's my dog i don't think i said his name before um i'm really grateful for him because he has kind of um flipped a switch in me where i'm at least able to imagine part of my future now even if i don't like, even if I'm still going to make the joke about being dead in five years a lot, uh, just in an instinctive way, I at least I'm like, okay, but like this dog's going to be alive for like seven to 10 more years. And like, and so am I because mm. we're bonded and this is the thing now. Mm. Um, and maybe it feels a little stupid that it like took a dog to make me realize that the future's okay. But you know what? Whatever. Sometimes if Cheetos keep you alive, that's cool. Sometimes if your dog makes you realize the future exists, that's fine. You know? Okay. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have to happen with like a beautiful breakthrough where you went to 20 hours of therapy about this one thing and then you outsmarted yourself. Maybe it's just a dog made you realize that life is worth living and that you should think about the future. Mm. Um, but I think it's... Uh, it's not like you can – no one should, like, get a dog in order to make that happen. Like, you can't sort of do these cheats on purpose. It's just that sometimes they happen. Um, but I, I do think that even though I'm able to imagine a part of the future because of him, that it's still difficult to imagine um, sort of like a whole uh, – it's a, it's almost like it's a black and white picture or it's a 2D picture instead of a 3D picture where I can't imagine like a whole vibrant life in which I'm like relatively happy and relatively healthy and like living my life. Um, and I don't know if part of that has to do with um, I've been doing some testing, um, like I told you guys, some psych testing and some of some people who have um, ADD or ADHD also have a lot of specific trouble conceiving of the future um, just because of the way it makes your brain set up, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know if some of it has to do with that and some of it has to do with depression um, and the way that that makes you feel like the future doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But I'm um, really determined to like figure out more ways to trick myself into believing that the future is real and to be like, hey, buddy, what are you trying so hard for? Now you have to believe in the future because mm. otherwise, why would you be trying so hard? Don't waste your effort. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I guess there are ways for us to get there. And each of us has their own like little road we got to take. I mean, for you, I mean, you're starting to make decisions and do things that like bring you back to, you know, bring you to a point where like you start feeling like your life is worth you know moving on with and having like a future with and like that's great you know i hope that you keep finding those moments and things that like really like make you start feeling like your life is your own you know that's good and i want to believe like yeah i think each of us each of us in yikeson i think has that i think each of us has that inside of us where we can have those moments where we're like you know what this is uh making me feel a lot better this is making me feel like 
my life is more of my life, you know, it's my own, you know, and uh, I want to think that like we can get there. You know, I think that there's paths for each of us to take. Um, some of us have to trick ourselves, as you're saying, or, <laughs> but I think that there's a way for us to get ourselves through this. And I think that, you know, with the stuff we've already gone through and us being here and what we brought up already of like all the things we've done, we've done in our past and survived in our past. I think that we have the ability to go through so much more to get ourselves to a point where we can see the future of yeah. what we want, you know? Yeah. And everybody living in Yikesland is incredibly brave, like I always say. And so even if you feel like you haven't done anything, you have because you've survived this long and you're still here. And that's an incredible accomplishment. And so if you have the strength to do that, even if you don't know it yet, you have the strength to build a future. But it's just, it is true that the second half of that is often really difficult to imagine, especially when you are struggling with depression or other mental health issues that can even just like chemically set your brain up to be like, future, I have trouble thinking about that. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you guys are so strong and you are so strong mm -hmm. for, um, for having been here this long. Um, and so the future does exist even if you can't fully imagine it. But um, I think if we all look for some of the things that can help us imagine a future, whether it's a dog or maybe you like drawing and you want to eventually sell something or being on a podcast and me being like, I'm going to make it to 50. I'm going to make it to 100. Um, any little thing that you that like lights you up and that makes you feel like I want this thing to be part of the future. Maybe if we start paying attention to those little cues that can kind of help us flesh out what we might want a future mm. to look like. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. <laughs> well, well, if you guys would like to share with us um, anything that you would want to see in your future or any hopes that you have for our futures, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, please. Um, I didn't say it at the beginning, but you can find us on Twitter and Facebook or on Instagram at Yikesland underscore podcast or shoot us an email. But don't forget to send boxes to Jelani or he won't be able to move. We're counting on you. Help it's me. It's a box you're, city you're my USA. Only hope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because otherwise he will be stuck and you don't want oh, him to be oh. stuck. <laughs> oh no we need the boxes to create a box train so that we can drive to his new place so that we can set up the box city is, that's the logic of it's it it's getting more elaborate by it. the moment <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'd love to hear from you guys or receive your boxes so please feel free to reach out yes. with boxes yes, yes. Uh, yeah thank you guys so much for being here we really appreciate you guys listening to us um, talk about our topics, our lives and things that are going on. So um, hopefully you guys are relating out there. Hopefully you guys are wanting to create a dialogue as well about mental health and your mental health as well, um, because it's important that you continue to talk with each other and talk with somebody out there who can support you or, you know, you may be surprised uh, to find out who around you is, you know, wants to help support you. So um, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And then uh, yeah, 
this has been your host, Johnny Hill, local host. Chris Phil. Uh Once again, guys, uh, this has been your Yikesland, the uh, podcast about mental health and depression. And uh, it's been another great week, another great Tuesday. And uh, we hope to see you guys with us next week. Thanks for being here. You are not alone. Help is available at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255.